Looking for a way to reduce your carbon footprint and make a positive impact on the environment? Look no further than Lightfoot Company. Our refillery and sustainable home goods store in Savannah, Georgia is dedicated to helping you reduce your use of plastic and single-use products. From reusable water bottles and bags to bulk eco-friendly cleaning products and personal care items, we have everything you need to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Plus, our friendly staff and knowledgeable staff is always available to help you make informed choices and find products that are right for you. So why wait? Visit Lightfoot Company today and start making a difference. Before we start this episode, I want to give a big shout out to Zipster, local web people who help entrepreneurs and artists make kick-ass websites and get found online. Visit Zipster.com to find out more information. And on to the episode. Hey y'all, it's Ashley Johnson and you're listening to Free Pizza. Free Pizza, your platform for creatives. Today we have the amazing Jessica Singerman in the building. Actually, I mean your building. <laughs> Literally in Jessica's studio, which I'm always so happy to be in people's studio spaces. Beautiful space. See your art everywhere. And uh, you are very busy <laughs> seeing all this stuff in here. So awesome. But you are a fine artist and educator. And we met, I did your did photos for you last year, but... Yeah. Via Ashley? Yes. Yes, via yes. Ashley Johnson, which is very common for me. <laughs> for me to meet someone from Ashley. But how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks. How yes. are you? I'm doing well. Um, I got locked out of my house this morning, so I got here a little late. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I walked out in a rush, and I looked down at Mickey. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I never do that ever. So luckily my friend Andrew across the street has a key. So I ran over there oh, and he oh was literally, I think, getting ready to leave. I was like, thank you. Oh, you're lucky. I didn't know if you had to like break in. No, I, I didn't. to break into my house. See, I was I, a kid and I would forget. <laughs> <my key. laughs> I've done that one time. My dad put me through a window one time. Yeah. <laughs> Our pantry window is very small. I don't think I could fit it through it as an adult. <laughs> That's amazing. Shared experiences here, my friends. We're more than artists. <laughs> but yes, Jessica is an amazing artist. Um, mostly painter, but you dabble in illustration as well. And also you're an educator at UNCSA. Right, right. Um, School of Arts in Winston-Salem, and which is a huge feat. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later because this, this is where you are now. But we yeah. got to find a road that got you there. Yes. So tell us where you were born. I know you're briefly in Maine, but then you moved to North Carolina when you were younger. So start there. Yeah. So I was born in Maine in 1980. Yes. And we moved, my family, so my parents and me moved to Davidson, North Carolina. You were Davidson? Uh, yeah, yeah. My dad was hired to teach there okay. in a French department. Yeah. And so we moved there. I don't think I was even one year old. And we... I, I think he was there for a year, and then we moved back to Maine for a short stint, and then okay. back to Davidson when he got a long-term <laughs> teaching position there. I was still, okay. you know, a baby. Yeah. Um, and so I basically grew up in Davidson and then moved back and forth between Davidson and various places in France, which is kind of random sounding. But yes. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, my dad taught in the French department and the way oh. that they worked their junior year abroad program is that the faculty would take turns either for like a year or two uh, going to France with their families to run the program. And so when we were in France, we were there um, with the family and I would go to school there and then come back you know when it was over come back to davidson and then eventually my brother was born there actually in france and in france yeah no way and uh yeah so i grew up just moving back and forth between <laughs> france and davidson yeah it's very, so very kind of weird sounding but but it's not so weird if you consider that my mom is french <laughs> okay oh your mom's french mom, mom is french and all of her family is still there and so when oh. we were in france we would be we could visit the family that's amazing. So, yeah. So my grandparents were still around back then okay. and she has a couple of brothers and they have their families. So I have cousins oh, and that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense then. It makes sense when you, when you put it like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Why are you there? Okay. There we go. Gotcha. Wow. So side note, does your brother have dual citizenship? How does that work? Yeah, we both do. Oh, you both have dual. So you can go yeah. whenever you want. Yeah, I mean, now as an adult, it means we could, you know, we could stay over 90 days <laughs> and work <laughs> if we want to in Europe. <laughs> That's right. That's amazing. Um, 
So they were. So was your mom in the arts at all, or was she doing something? She is else? a nurse. She's a nurse. So okay, yeah. when I was little, when I was born, she was finishing, I think, one of her master's degrees, and then she was a stay-at-home mom when I was really little, and then she went to nursing school when I think I was in the sixth or seventh grade, and my brother is five years younger, so however old he was. Wow. So we saw her go through school and then become a nurse, and then eventually, when she, I think, was tired <laughs> she began teaching nursing <laughs> i can only imagine <laughs> like i'm done with this i can't do this anymore she always loved it but i i think i mean I, and she's she's always i think she's always been a teacher at heart so. oh wow that's awesome so, so you came from a house full of educators teachers, yeah yep all educators <laughs> and my brother still te- he teaches as well he teaches uh like middle school in uh in charlotte okay shout out to the homies yeah that's amazing and davidson is near charlotte right yes a okay. half hour north yes okay so people who are listening like when is davidson davidson's near charlotte um so when did you get exposed to the arts was this younger or? wow uh that, that's I don't know when I was not exposed to the arts. I, I remember my grandma on my mom's side, so my French grandma, giving me a, a how to draw a book mm. when I was very little. And so that started me out kind of like uh, for, formally learning to draw, you know, with this book, I remember, because I was always drawing even before that. And I, I remember going to a lot of museums when we were in France. Oh, I don't remember that as yes. much here, um, just because there's just, I guess, more, or it's easier accessible, easier to access in yeah. France. Um, yeah, I was always, always drawing and painting and, oh, and wow. making stuff, always making little stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> so your grandmother, was she doing any of that herself? So or did she, she was a drawer. Oh. She was a really good draftsman. Yes. And um, her grandpa was an artist, a painter who actually run, won the Prix de Rome, which is a major art prize in France. But oh. I don't know when, like I can't find that okay. bit of, of history in our family, oh, but it's been, man. you know, that's been a thing. Oh, yes. Oh, that's amazing. So this is in your blood. This is so. your grandma just brought mom, it out of my you. My mom is really good too. <gasps> really? And, and my dad will tell you he can't draw, but he can carve really well. Like he can wood carve. That's know, art. So anyway, yeah. So you're probably your parents are definitely an artist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Usually it's somewhere in our blood where it kind of trickles totally. down, and yeah. it's just like. And, and my dad's dad was a photographer, like by trade. Really? Yeah, darkroom photographer. Oh, they that's had a amazing. On the farm and. Oh, anyway. I bet those photos are gorgeous. They are. Oh yeah. my gosh! If you find any, you can let me know. I want to see him. I will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a photographer and a jazz musician. Oh so my god! Some great photos of you know like jazz gigs <laughs> from like the forties and yeah. That Super is cool. amazing. You mentioned Europe, so I want to talk about it. Um, did you see that viral video of those kids throwing the can of soup I did. at the Van Gogh? It's really sad. Insane. I was just like, why would you do that? That was, yeah, when I saw that, I thought of every artist I know. I'm like, I bet everyone's just like cringing right now. Yeah, I was cringing. And it's it, it's happening more and more, too. Because there, there was a, I want to say a Botticelli painting that got something thrown at it. Oh, I didn't know about that. Ago. Maybe, I, I think so. It was, I think it was in the Uffizi Museum in, in Florence, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. I, yeah. I get the cause. Obviously, it's important to bring awareness to. Yes. All of these environmental things, but yes, but it's just a bummer of a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a different way to fight that battle. So if yeah. you're out there, stop doing that, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, so when you were getting, when you're drawing and painting and doing this stuff, because your grandmother gave you this uh, learn to draw book, were your parents kind of enhancing or nurturing that? Were totally. They, okay, I was. Yeah, I was, I was yeah wondering, they so. were always very supportive, um, and. However, I wasn't allowed to go to art school, oh, no which way. I understand as a parent. I think they were concerned, you know, because I remember, you know, living in Davidson, I wanted to go to what is the art school in Charlotte? Northwest School okay. of the Arts. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to go to Northwest so bad <laughs> yes. um, in high school, but my parents said no way. I, I don't know if they would have felt differently about it if it was closer. I know part of it is they didn't want me driving to charlotte every day oh yeah um, but class. also i know they wanted me to definitely have like a more broad education um and they wanted me to go to liberal arts school for college too which is fine well, just, I, I, I totally agree with that yeah i went to one um, yeah yeah so yeah but yeah i want i remember wanting to go to scad <laughs> <laughs> SCAD, and, yeah. i mean SCAD is so expensive so oh it my it's not not happening i met <laughs> I've interviewed and met a bunch of people in the SCAD, and it is insanely expensive. Yeah. And most of them were out of state. Um, and it's a that's a private is that a private school? 
I think so. Yeah, I think it's a private school, and so that's already gonna so, make it insanely expensive. Yeah. Regardless, so amazing school though, but it's yeah, it's insane. Um, so what were you influenced by back then? Where were you mostly drawing? You know, I guess in the high school days, going into you know people. people? I, w- I always yeah. wanted to draw people, um, and actually, when I was in the tenth grade, we were living in Tours, a, a town in uh, in France, and oh, wow. my parents enrolled me in a figure drawing class. I was fifteen. So they signed me up for a figure, draw, a figure drawing class at the the art school there. Wow! And so, I remember uh, taking my first figure drawing class. You know, so with live models, and it was a big deal. It, yeah. it felt just very right, you know. Wow. And so that's when I started, you know, practicing from from nude models rather than just like catalogs. I remember drawing people <laughs> from like catalogs, and you know. Yeah. <laughs> and just kind of doing what I thought I should be doing to learn. And so it wasn't necessarily a class. It was a drawing session. So I don't remember the instructor giving much direction other than like timing. Yeah. But it was a big deal to be around all of these people who I thought were like legit artists because oh, they wow. were adults doing this. Yeah. And you're 15 so, years old. I'm 15. <laughs> yeah. I remember dad would drop me off and I would draw for a few hours and then he'd pick me up. And wow. yeah. So I was def- always interested in drawing people. That's amazing. I love that your parents, even though they didn't want you to go to art school, they were just like, they still like, like I said, they nurtured it. They still want you to be in the world. For sure. But it's like, hey, you get this practice here, but let's go something practical, I guess, with your studies. Yeah. And then still, you know, when I decided to go to grad school for fine arts, um, I think if I remember correctly, I do remember dad being fully supportive and mom wasn't, she wasn't not supportive, but she was definitely a little more concerned. <laughs> And had a lot of questions <laughs> about like the viability of me going to study painting very some fair. more. Very fair. Um, and so, yeah, but it worked out. I mean, the idea for me back then was to get my MFA so that I could go right into teaching, you know, which is what I, the way I had explained it. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, I graduated with my master's in 2004 and there were not many jobs. <laughs> you like, what do it, I do now? It didn't now? really happen. <laughs> Uh, what do I got to do now? You got to pivot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. So let's talk about your time in graduate school and actually sure. a little bit of undergrad, too. So some of the highlights there because I think that's important to who you are now. So Yeah. 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 So um, I was really focused. I was a com- I'm a complete nerd. I mean, I still See? am. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got to college, I... I had kind of set this program for myself that I was just going to focus on drawing and not paint or do color until I felt I was ready. Even like I know there was a whole curriculum set up, but I was like, I got to focus on drawing my skills, you know, everything black and white, like fully understand this. (laughs) I was like very clear in my head as to how this needed to work out. And so, yeah, I was gung ho in my classes, took figure drawing as soon as I could. I think Mm. I had to take some prereqs first. Um, so yeah, so fully into like working with the human figure. And then I, my third year I, I went, I studied abroad and yes. I went to Florence in Italy with Chapel Hill's program actually. Ooh, awesome. And, and it was awesome. Yeah. I, I lived with an Italian family. So I was, and I was, I had been taking Italian, um, which is why one of the reasons I picked college of William and Mary, they had a really strong Italian, uh, program, yeah. modern languages. So I had been taking it my first and second years, third year, I lived with a Italian family and was still taking Italian there yeah. and then taking a lot of art classes, including painting finally. Ooh. So I started learning how to paint in Italy, in Italy. Oh, yeah. And I had just wow. the best teachers I had. They were just so, uh, they were really intense and I it was good say, for me. You yeah. Know, like I'm kind of intense. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was excellent. Excellent. And my second semester, I went to Paris to Parsons, Parsons, Paris, the Parsons, Paris. Program. Oh, so wow. at that point, I don't, it was a more, it, it was not as traditional an art program. Um, and that, you know, I didn't have, I didn't get figure drawing or anything like that. So I was taking painting and I remember taking graphic design at the time. I thought I would go into graphic wow. design. Yeah. Yeah. Being, you know, very practical. <laughs> Parents, <laughs> something practical. Okay, it's okay. I was also really interested. You know, I've always liked letters and yeah. <laughs> typography. Um, and yeah, so I, I did that at, at, in Paris and then came back. And then I was I did my fourth year back in Virginia at William & Mary. 
nice. and did an honors thesis where I was making these like six foot tall paintings of women. Oh my and, God. And the work was, had a kind of a feminist bent to it because okay. I wanted to, you know, I was 21 or two and I wanted to make really important work. And yeah. so like making political work felt like the way to do it. Yes. I agree. Um, and so, yeah, so I was making these massive paintings and I learned a ton. I had the best advisor. He had started teaching, uh, his name is Brian Crudatis. Okay. Shout out. Shout because out. He's awesome. Um, but he started teaching there, I think that year. And so I wish I had been able to study with him, more. Oh, but I got one year of okay. like printmaking and figure drawing with him and him as my advisor wow. for my honors class. And, uh, yeah, and then I decided to not pursue graphic design. Okay. My uh one of my teachers told me it would be a cop out. If you oh. <laughs> in no uncertain terms. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Called you out? Yeah, That's so good. uh so I signed you know, so I applied to MFA programs and I got into one out of the ones that I applied for. Yes. Um I got into University of Delaware and bless them and that program because they gave me a full ride. Oh no. <laughs> it's, a, oh. it's a teaching school. So, you know, I got a full fellowship. Awesome. Thank God. Because I mean, I would just have taken loans. You're taking um, loans out. That's the next. Yeah. So I was very fortunate, super, super fortunate. And I was teaching, you know, teaching there in exchange, which was made me really nervous as well because what? I had just finished. <laughs> I went right from undergrad to grad school. I, I think I was the young, one of the youngest people in, there and I oh, was teaching really? Other undergraduate students. So I was very uncomfortable you were just with like, this. <laughs> hey, I'm professional Jesse. <laughs> I just have to be one day ahead. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That is crazy. I imagine you see you walk in, people be like, huh? Like <laughs> I learned to dress up. That's when I started wearing like button-down shirts to teach. And just, you know, like putting on a little makeup, like whatever, to make myself feel like I had some kind of authority. <laughs> Chest up, you're like, oh, I'm bucked totally. up. Yeah, yeah, I'm the real deal. Exactly, <laughs> that's Take insane. Until you make it. <laughs> so you being the Italy, I want to jump back for a second. Mm-hmm. You studied Italian language. You can speak French fluently, right? Yes, yeah. French so, is my first language. Okay. I learned to speak English in kindergarten. Perfect. So both romantic languages, Italian and French. So was, right. was it kind of easy to kind of transition to Italian or no? In some ways, yes. Okay. I think knowing French is definitely helpful to learn, you know, like Spanish or Italian or other yep. Romance languages. But it has its complexities, like okay. any language, you know, like it. And if you don't keep it up, you forget it. It's yep. amazing how fast we forget. Oh, my languages. gosh. I studied Spanish for four or five years throughout high school and college. And I literally can't remember, it, you know, because I never had a chance to really... Right. you know enhance it or keep it up so i've lost most of my spanish too and i studied it all through high school and then i used it in my work you know like we can talk about that later yeah. but in, in my other work i used and i don't yeah i can't <laughs> speak anymore <laughs> where did it go like, hey it happens it happens uh, so you have some experience teaching early on then so this is yes. even what you're doing now is kind of not completely new oh no okay. no i started teaching college level art classes in 2002 Wow. And then even though I couldn't find, you know, like a full time teaching gig when I finished my MFA, I started teaching as an adjunct right away. So I stayed on at University of Delaware, Delaware. kept me on yeah. to teach after I finished. And then shortly after that, I started teaching at a community college in New Jersey. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was teaching in, in a couple different places. Oh, wow, that's insane. Yeah. So did you move to Jersey or did you? No, I was living in Delaware, but you know, up there, everything is quite close. Everything's close to Delaware, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know if you live in a city maybe or, or whatever. No, I was living in Newark at the time and it was not a long commute for me to get to where oh, I was going yeah, that's not bad in New Jersey. So oh, Wow, how was Northeast for you back then? Uh, the art, did you still dabble right. in your own oh my gosh, personal yeah. work? Yes, although yeah. it got more sporadic. You know, yeah. I, that transition from graduate school to beyond was beyond was hard was very hard for me oh, really? I, you know i found that like lack of constant companionship and constant feedback if you want it from other people is, was was tough it was tough to stay motivated oh yeah i guess coming from those intense programs to just be out in the world was yeah. just like what do i do totally. what's my grounding like oh, what, what's yeah. going on 100 that makes a lot of sense actually um so from there you taught for a little bit at Delaware. Yep. And then did you, when did you kind of transition back here? Or did you dabble more in your own Many personal years work? Later. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, so fill, fill the gap for us. Okay. It's a big, it's a big gap. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm all ears. <laughs> so, so in two, th- so I was also working at a bike shop. Okay. Um, I had started riding bikes 
right after college and was pretty gung-ho to say the least still are <laughs> yeah I'm still gung-ho. I'm kind of obsessed if we're honest um so I had started racing bikes as well uh like during grad school I started racing on the road and I think I started racing mountain bikes after graduate school I can't remember oh wow that's awesome and so I started working at a bike shop um I wasn't making enough money anyway uh as an adjunct at two different you schools. had it two so different I okay started working at a bike shop it helped you know, fill the gaps, you know, money wise. And also it's helpful when you're racing bikes to have access to, to, a bike shop. To, to supplies at cost. <laughs> Give me an expensive hobby. It's an expensive hobby yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was working there and I found out about these like luxury bike tours that people did, which sounded insane to me because I had been, I mean, we call it bike packing now, but I had been bicycle touring with uh, my grad school boyfriend and we had, you know, we were just self-supported with every traveling very lightly and everything on the bike and just on our own. Oh, wow. And then when I was working at the bike shop, I realized that people paid thousands of dollars to be accompanied on bike trips You just like <laughs> with like hotels and where the guides carry your bags and you just ride from hotel to hotel. And I was like, this is sweet. This sounds amazing. And so I looked into one of the companies that was very new at the time. It was Trek Travel. Mm -hmm. Yes. They had been around okay. a couple of years and I realized they were hiring. And so I put in an application and ended up doing this like grueling uh, hiring process. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you imagine. Well, you, make you can sure imagine. You can... It's a lot of responsibility, right? Yeah. To, to, to guide for a company like that. And I, I got the job. I was so excited. I got the job. So in 05, um, I started guiding for them. And they wow. sent me right to Europe because I spoke French and yes. Italian and Spanish. And so they sent me right to Europe, primarily in Italy. They had no other Italian speakers at the time. That's not true. There was one native Italian who lived lived there and, and was working for the company. For well, okay. But not many. So... Um, so they sent me there and basically for a few years, I was still teaching when I would come back and then I would guide in the summers. And then I went to as close to full-time guiding as you can go where I would be gone for six months oh, wow. out of the year. And, and yeah, so, um, and it was pretty great because at the time I was 25 Oh yeah. and yeah, I was Still loving it. Young, I was yeah. getting paid to ride my bike. <laughs> Dude, like I do this for free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would do this regardless. Wow. So to be fair, the work is uh is is challenging. Oh, I know it's intense. There's no way that's not There's intense. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Oh but, my god. But yeah, it's uh it's pretty great. Oh my gosh. Um, and let's see what's what's important. I met my now husband oh. uh, at the end of 2005 when yes. we were both racing bikes and we met through some like teammates and stuff yes we met racing bikes and uh awesome. tim asked me to marry him in 06 awesome yeah that's so i highlights. came back from guiding i remember that year, oh so you came okay and i moved in with him in philly that's when i moved to philadelphia oh, in philadelphia that's right yeah and were you when you were still doing the bike tours in europe and stuff were you still able to do I guess art stuff at all, or is that kind I of? I would bring, yeah. So somewhat, it was very tricky, but yeah. I was able to do it in my in between time, like when I wasn't on a trip, because that's full on and you're on call basically. You can't really. Um, you have no alone time yeah. <laughs> when you're on a trip with people, but uh, in between, I would have a sketchbook and I brought my watercolors and my and my drawing supplies. So I would Perfect. make work here and there. But it was very sporadic at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love the winding road your your life is. Because you're biking in Europe, you taking a little pad, got that we can <laughs> teaching in the summers when you get back, right? Going back to Europe, <laughs> now you're in Philly with Tim. I'm like, that's that's amazing. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's well, and it, it, yeah. So in Philadelphia, I was primarily working for Trek Travel at the time, and then oh, I took okay. on I took on work that I could do from home for them when I wasn't guiding. So I took on you know like basically coordinating and designing trips for them like a few years after wow. starting and and i studied to become a yoga teacher i still read that on your bio yeah so yeah. for years i was teaching kind of all over the place in philly um wow. and doing private instruction and then also and also working for trek and then you know guiding usually <laughs> yes. it would be in the summers or just you know, once i got once i was with tim my husband um, we had to figure out a, a guiding schedule that was sustainable for our relationship. But to say you soon need to see each other at some point. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't leave for as many consecutive months. I would, you know, we found that two months was a doable 
length of time. Two months. So. <laughs> Just compromise on that, please. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> wow. So, and you were obviously, I mean, artists as well. Yep. Tim, so that was amazing part to have a partner that was an artist to kind of yes. understand each other a little bit better because artists' brains and minds are a little out there. Um, so were you able to still do commissions and do your own thing kind of in between those gaps? So in, in those Philly? Philly days, my work was very sporadic. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of a dry period. I made, I was making Perfect. paintings here and there. They were not satisfying. They felt just not right. I couldn't mm. get into a groove. Um, I just didn't prioritize it. I mean, it's my fault. Mm. So, but it just didn't happen for a few years in any kind of like uh, continuous way. And I had a lot of guilt about it. Like it really bothered me. And now in retrospect, knowing what I know, I know that you just have to sit down and do the damn work. That's literally it. You just have to do it. You got to start somewhere. But yeah, I wasn't, I, I did not understand that at that time. I think yeah. I was like, I don't know if I was waiting for inspiration to strike or what. Um, yep. But it doesn't just come out of nowhere. It it's not like a bolt of lightning yep. and it just hits you. <laughs> <laughs> it truly isn't. Like you said yourself, you just got to do the work. I mean, yeah. yes, the motivation will come when it comes, but you got to be consistent and just do it. And totally. then the motivation will, will find you. Yeah. Um, said it perfectly. Speaking to the choir. Everyone's <laughs> asking me, like, how do I keep going? It's like, I just get up and do it. That's right. I don't really think That's about right. it. You know, I exactly. just I, I find my purpose and I follow the path. You know, so anyways, so Philly, you found you feel a little guilty doing not doing your, 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 a little, your, 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 a little causing, a, causing me a lot of emotional turmoil. Yes. Actually. A lot of guilt <laughs> after all those years you put totally in yeah. Italy and all that. He's like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely back. like, what am, what am I doing? Yeah. I mean, teaching yoga felt great. Yes. You know, like it was a very good fit and my work at Trek travel guiding was really good. And I really loved my colleagues, but you know, I felt like something was kind of out of whack. Um, and I mean that, that was, it was that I wasn't making my artwork. <laughs> that was the big thing. Yeah. So we left Philly when Tim got a job offer in Australia. Oh, so Tim okay. works in post-production and film and TV. Yeah. So he got an offer in Adelaide, which is in South Australia. I've heard so of it's Adelaide. Like Central South. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I remember we were sitting at breakfast in, in our little kitchen in Philly and he looked up and. He'd just gotten an email, I think, from a headhunter. And he's like, do you want to go to Australia? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't I like, was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, How? Why? <laughs> like, What's, can you tell me the details? Yeah, so he, he told me about the offer and said, fuck yeah, yeah. let's go to Australia. That's great. <laughs> so we moved. And um, yeah, so we moved. And uh, I don't remember how much later when we were there but we had a baby <laughs> we had a baby in australia so in this australia was like 10 years ago <gasps> so we had our son in australia and then we were there a couple of years and decided to move back to the u.s just because we were so far from family yeah that's not an easy it quick is flight too far it is not a quick flight <laughs> yeah um and and it's brutal jet lag and we really loved it there and we had really good friends and we just we loved our life there but yeah. we missed our people you yeah know, our family and so that's when we decided to move to north carolina to be close to my parents perfect um my dad had recently retired and my mom's work was, she was still teaching, um, but we, f we felt that with dad being retired, we, we would have help um, with Noah. Yeah, yeah. With our son. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so Tim's parents were not retired at that point. They okay. were still working full time. And so, and we had lived near them for years when we were in Philly. So it so was Tim's idea. Gotcha. Tim was like, why don't we live close to your parents? And, you know. So that's what we did. So we oh, lived wow. really, we lived like 12 minutes away. <laughs> Near David, is it Davidson still? We actually lived in Cornelius. Cornelius, time. okay. Yeah. And um, we actually had a very challenging couple of years there um, for a lot of reasons, but you know, mainly the film work dried up because the tax incentives went oh, away that year. Yes. <laughs> so Tim had no work. Yeah. Uh, I was still working from home, so it was it was okay on my end, but he had no work and he was having to go to New York for two weeks stints for yep. work. And that so makes that sense. was tough. That was a, that was tough and there were other things that happened. Uh it was financially a really ch challenging period Couple years. for us. Yeah. What year was that? That was in twenty 
13. Okay, I remember that happening. The film, the film stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of friends were affected by that. That's when yeah. I first kind of got into photography. I got into photography in 2010. I made friends who were in film, obviously, just through school and stuff like that. And I remember that happening. Yeah. Um, insane. Obviously, a little bounce back. You know, it's kind of it's fine now. I think yeah. things are actually coming back to Wilmington too. I think Wilmington's right. getting a lot of film they things are. now. Yeah, it's coming back for sure. Yes, yeah, we yeah. Love that. We have a lot of students at UNCSA who. We go there in the summers to work. It makes perfect sense. Um, um what, yeah. look about Australia. I want to talk about kind of sure. your life there. Oh I, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. crossed over some. Oh, you did. You know, for a good reason though. But like, <laughs> I, yeah, I want to definitely give my listeners some, you know, a, a glimpse in Australia. Welcome to Brews Rock. We're Chuck Mountain, a band nestled in the beautiful beer country of North Carolina. Each week, we pick brewers' minds about their brewing philosophy and pick up tricks to bring new life to your home brew. We played at countless breweries and decided it was about time to learn how to craft our own. Yeah, so I think that, you know, other than having a, you know, a great life out there and really enjoying it, uh, I rekindled my artistic practice in a big way when Ooh, I was out there. Yeah, perfect. and so, and the big catalyst for that was becoming a parent. Mm. So, uh, you know, one or two months after becoming a mom, I realized I was completely losing my sense of self in being a mother. Ooh. And I didn't want that. Okay. You know, and I, I don't, that's not to say that being a mother is not enough. And I know that for a lot of people, it's very fulfilling, but it just wasn't for me. You know, I, uh, I enjoy being a parent for sure, but it's just not all I wanted to do. Mm. And I, I needed to do something different. And so I started making really small work every day. I thought I got, I got to do something every day. I don't know why <laughs> but I just, I got to do something every day. It's going to have to be small because I have no time. And so yeah. I would squeeze it in during Noah's nap times. And I had just told myself, I just need to show up for 15 minutes and That's do it. something small um, yeah. and finish it. And, and oftentimes I would end up having like th maybe 30 minutes or, you know, just coming back to it a little bit later, but I would generally finish things in one sitting. Wow. And I started setting, I remembered something from being back in school about like setting rules or parameters for yourself. And so that's what I did. I would just set up little projects for myself to have to minimize like planning or thinking. Yeah. And so I could maximize the doing. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I would like, like set up projects and, you know, cut up a bunch of paper and everything was quite small. And I would just get to work. I would show up and work. And, um, I did that for a year and I, you know, I think within, I think it was the same year that we had moved back to the U.S., mm. but I, you know, felt like an artist again. Yeah. Um, and when we moved back, we built out a studio in the garage. We just cleared Ooh, out some space nice. in the garage in our house in Cornelius. And so I had space again. Um, when we were in Australia, I just, I used, I worked on the dining room table. It's just, we had a very small apartment and I had all my supplies in a little cardboard box that yeah. I would pull out when it was time to work and then I would put everything away. And it worked, oh, you know, but when we got back to the U.S., I was like, I, I want to start working big again. It's time. Like, yeah. I got, yeah. So, yeah. So I started painting and I found a figure drawing class. Ooh, so I was yes. able to uh, draw with other artists every week. Ooh, but that felt um, good. It was great. It was great. And, um, yeah. So that was. That's amazing. Yeah. Cornelius. Okay. Yes. That's amazing. So Australia was kind of a very important part oh, yeah. of your life for you Absolutely. to get that, rekindle that flame. Yeah, having yeah, becoming yeah. a parent and also doing what I needed to do to feel like an artist again, Bas yeah. and basically like behave like professionally, you know, like yeah. take it seriously and realize that like I'm just gonna have to sit down and work. Just gotta do the work. Yeah, you said earlier. Yeah, it's funny when you meant that mentioned that because some people think when you have kids who people say they who don't have kids they say this like I guess you gotta give everything up, but most people are like no I actually work harder absolutely and actually what I want to do for my kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's another thing too. That yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I really wanted, I wanted Noah to see me working, mm -hmm. you know, like showing up and working every day, no yeah. matter, even if I didn't feel like it or if I didn't feel good, yeah. like I wanted him to be proud of me for what I made, for what I did. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So when did your style now kind of come to be? Because I, I mean, would you say it's abstract? I know there's people in there too, but a lot of landscapes and like, I'm wondering how that, because it's like, even looking around the room, it's like everything's very different, but kind of the same too. So yeah. So it's an interesting period that we're talking in because so in, I'll back up to graduate school in graduate school, I came in still wanting to paint people. And I remember I had a really big painting I was working on. It was another like six footer of this woman. And we had a visiting artist whose work I respect a lot. And he, they, you know, visiting artists in graduate school typically come around and do uh, critiques individually. And we were talking and he said, what are you doing? Like that. (laughs) And man, that messed me up because, you know, because he, 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 I didn't know what I was doing at that time. Wow. The work was kind of empty. I was just trying to find my footing and figure out what I wanted to say. You know, like I left college thinking like, I want to make really important work, you know, and I got to grad school and like nothing I made felt right. It all felt a little shallow. And so I, yeah, that work kind of petered out for me and I went into abstraction. You know, I think it was just a timing thing. So I started working oh. in abstraction and just figuring that out. That was a whole other thing for me because I never had done that. And so I started doing that in my first year of grad school and then wow. basically worked in abstraction for the next almost 20 years. So That's still insane. drawing from life, still drawing the figure and, you know, here and there, you know, making paintings from life, but the paintings never just felt quite right. Um, and then, yeah, so I, my, I've become more known, you know, in the last few years for my abstraction and for my landscapes, which yes. definitely have an abstract bent to them. Mm-hmm. So the, the work has always kind of straddled abstraction and representation. Um, and yeah, I'm okay with that, you know, with kind of having, cause there's a spectrum of abstraction. Of course. And I, I think early on I was playing on playing with like total abstraction but pretty quickly in grad school, I started taking images from like biology and, and physics. I was really interested oh, wow. in, in, I've always been into science and taking images, integrating that into my work. Um, and then eventually, you know, I, I became more kind of overtly interested in the landscape. Um, and so, yeah, so I've gone between, you know, working outside, like making plein air paintings with the landscape and then maybe abstracting that or working from ideas of being in the landscape or moving through the landscape as an athlete like that's been a really important thing yes Um, i love that and then this summer though so this last summer i was drawing a lot and i kind of had a i guess a realization or something something clicked for me and i started working with the figure again started playing around with it in a more kind of a more free way that i had before and that's always mental you know like mentally i felt like something had kind of clicked or opened up and this is the work that you're seeing here is the work that I've been making and I you know I am trying to find my footing and like what it what it means and I'm trying not to think too much about it because analyzing the work when you're making it is the best way to like stop making work yeah but I say thinking too much into it exactly (laughs) yep so I'm trying not to think too much right now and just to do and I started writing about it though a few weeks ago um, or maybe a month ago I wrote about it for the first time and So I'm figuring it out. And so the other work that you're seeing behind me is from like years. I just keep around certain things. That's why there's so many different, you know, some of it is like exercises that I'll do, you know, just, you know, usually in the winter I do, I try other stuff, you know, so like I studied in caustic painting last winter and then some winters I just do a lot of drawing or, you know, I I do always go back to basics in some way. It's some, some part of the year I'll concentrate a time of like, working on drawing or working on painting from life or, you know, it's like scales. I think it's yeah. really important to always go back to basics at some point. Yes. And so, yeah, you're seeing a lot of work. And then there's also other artists work whose work I oh, like to just look inspired. at to have around. Yeah. Oh, and yes. that, that changes here and there. Sometimes I'll take things down. Take down. Oh. Um, but the, the big ones are drying. I mean, they're oil paintings, so they need right. months to dry. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, and you said this from, this is from like real life representation. So this is, are these people that you see and know? Yeah, so actually, these paintings, it's kind of funny. I uh, took, uh, we were visiting my family in France this summer. Oh, awesome. Who we had not seen since before COVID. So that was a big deal. Oh, To be able to see my cousins and some aunts and uncles. And we took pictures, you know, like as we were 
just doing stuff. Wow. And so I've been using pictures of my family and kind of like rearranging them and also inventing things, you know, like those stripes. That was, of course, that was not there. Okay, yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's completely invented. You know, changing landscapes and... um, and the last one that I'm working those are really early stages. That's an underpainting. Those are all people I don't know. And okay. so I'm really curious to see how that goes because I have a feeling that I'm being influenced by knowing the people because I notice the difference. Like this painting here with my son and my husband, I feel like I painted that really differently than even the ones of like my cousins. And I don't know. I, I feel like I need to paint some people I don't know to be more detached yeah. in a way and just to see. So Absolutely. that's the one. I'm working on. I love that. And even with this piece right here, I'm sorry, people who can't see this. This is audio, but you're lost. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. joking. <laughs> um, but the piece you added the stripes, the, the blue and um, yellow, what inspired you to add the pieces that weren't in the photographs in these pieces? Yeah, like yeah. What, where does that come from? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when I started that, I, I start with drawings and, you know, to kind of figure out the composition and, then I start doing color studies, figuring out like what colors I'm going to use because I'm oftentimes changing what's in the photo. Yeah. Um, and then in that case of that painting, I changed the background because th- what was in the photo was a l- there was a lot going on. And okay. I, I initially had a yeah. lot of that in the painting, yeah. painted all in. And then I gradually started simplifying and then making up things. So everything that's the green, that's the bushes that wasn't quite there. Mm. Um, And then there was like a building and a parasol, you know, that was cutting the painting in the middle. And I struggled with that stupid parasol and I changed it colors and made it different sizes in the building. I changed it. And finally, I just had to obliterate all of that. And I decided maybe I'll just make stripes. Yeah. Why not? Why not just put some stripes in there? So I I just, I just had to try something to shake it up and, uh, and it worked. It actually worked. I love, I love, yeah, I love simple. I think it's great. So all that went away. <laughs> it's like, man, bump all this stuff, man. Let me just add the stripes and keep it going. I love because they're very they're storytelling. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I love a lot of paintings, even abstract work. It's like, it's just like I can kind of, I'm thinking of scenarios that are happening looking at these pieces. And I know Good. for you, it's just like, you know, whatever you think is happening might be happening, you know? Good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you're, that you feel like there's some kind of story going on because yeah. I, I've, for a long time, I've thought about narrative and how like I need to be a better storyteller and I mm. need to think about a hero's journey and all that stuff. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just not a storyteller with words. I can't do it. I, yeah. I don't, yeah, it doesn't work. Um, maybe it's a learnable skill. Maybe I just Definitely. haven't tried hard enough, but I, <laughs> yeah. I feel so, like, so it makes me really happy when people feel like there's a story going on because I'm thinking of it in terms of abstraction, right? I'm trying to make a painting that works. Exactly. <laughs> that, 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 that is compelling, that people want to look at and that people want to like spend time with um, and that is evocative for people, you know, maybe like in a poetic sense that it makes people just like dream or like feel Ooh, things or like that. remind them of certain experiences or smells or you know like yeah but otherwise i feel like these the figurative paintings it feels like they're in, a, in the middle of a moment you know like something was happening exactly. just before yes something is going on you don't quite know what like i definitely want an element of mystery yeah and yeah. Then it's going to continue on and yeah. i and i, I realized I, I like having people not looking at the viewer at the, oh yes the yeah because the first one i made someone looking at the viewer and i thought well that looks really cheesy <laughs> <laughs> and, and so i'm trying different things and this one i just thought i would put a waving figure i thought can i make can i make a serious painting if someone's waving and looking goofy in it can it still be taken seriously yes so you can. just a kind of an exercise yes, I, definitely think you I can. mean does the work have to be taken seriously i don't know i don't know um, oh my gosh you know. <laughs> do, you, do you ever find yourself maybe going to the streets and just like sitting somewhere and like drawing from there yeah oh yeah i watch people a lot i okay. love watching people yeah and um and i do draw people in places i think the airport is my all-time favorite oh i love the airport like, when you're wa- i know people complain about waiting but i mean unless you're having to wait an excessively long time true like, that time is just dead time the, yeah. it's it's your own you can do whatever you want and i can draw people mm. and you know try not to look creepy <laughs> yes well it's cool airports people are usually like on the way somewhere they're not worried yeah. about what you're doing so you can kind of freely just be a voyeur and literally totally. just kind of do your thing I, I 
seven photos in front of in the airports yeah. is so airports are weirdly intimate spaces right you know because people just there are people like napping yeah seriously that's yeah. temporary home so for some people really <laughs> yeah people just out there being whatever because yeah. it's like who cares right. <laughs> you know right. what i'm saying people are just kind of free in airports so this is i can see that being a place of inspiration yeah i love drawing in airports so yeah. absolutely yes i love that so much so what brought you to winston-salem when did you move here so my husband tim got a job at uncsa um in the school gotcha. of film so he he commuted from cornelius to Winston-Salem okay. for like six months just to see if it was a good fit. So he did that hour commute both ways. Um, and then we moved. We moved wow. here and, um, yeah, decided to stay. We eventually bought this house. Yeah, and, it's beautiful. Uh, Tim has since left UNCSA and now works from home. You know, he's back working in film Doing and TV. Own. Gotcha. Um, and I'm not working at UNCSA. <laughs> no, and that, that's crazy. <laughs> what in the world? What flip-flop was that? <laughs> Well, yeah, I started teaching there as an adjunct Ooh, uh, yes. in design and production last yeah. year, mm -hmm. and then eventually in the school of film, and then school of film brought me in full time this year. Oh, that is such a amazing thing! It feels like such a gift. I'm reading that post, and I was just like, "Yo, Jessica's oh, going crazy!" <laughs> yeah, so talk about your time there, and talk about you know what you love about it, because I know in the kitchen earlier we were talking a little bit. You seem to really love it. I so, do. The, so students, like the students, 100%. They're the oh, best. They're yeah. the best. Yes. yes. Um, I feel like a real hunger for knowledge from them. And as a teacher, like there is nothing better. Yes. Um, and yeah, like they, they'll ask me like, when are we going to, are you going to teach us this? When are we going to do this? I'm like, yes, it's, it's coming. Yes. Yeah. They're hungry. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So it's great. Um, and, and it's a real shift, you know, teaching in an art school compared to teaching in a liberal arts or community college. I'm teaching... You know, unless, you know, if I'm teaching in the past when I was teaching for, for students who, who knew they wanted to be an artist, which was few and far between, and th those students are different because they're, they have like, there's a, there's a level of being serious, but generally it was like an elective for a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas here I'm teaching things that they need for their work. <laughs> Such a different, it's, 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 so, it's like so exciting for me, you know? Um, so yeah. And it, it just feels like a really good fit. It feels like coming full circle. Oh, I love that. I love it there. It's crazy because, you know, knowing your parents were teachers and you tell live in Delaware and all that stuff for you to come back to teaching, which I think yeah. you love. It's yeah. your kind of a passion. Oh, yeah. you obviously, you still be in the world of art. It's a perfect combination. It is. I, I, I think teaching also makes me a better artist yeah. because teaching in the way that I want to teach, like I want to be really methodical where students feel like they're getting... Like I, do, I want to give them just enough information. Sometimes I throw a lot at them, but only if I think they can handle it. Of course. Um, but like I want to be, them to be able to build their, their knowledge and their understanding, you know, in a way that makes sense. And so it takes a lot of kind of thinking about how to break things up and how to talk about. Yeah. It's really hard to talk about art in a, in a clear way, you know, because it's visual. Yep. And so it, I think it, it really helps me clarify ideas. Um, and it affects my work. Absolutely. Sure. I can only imagine. And I'm, you know, of course you want to make the coursework challenging, but fun, but make yep. sure that you're getting what they need to get for the real world. So is it hard for you to make curriculums and keep it, keep the students on their, on their toes? Yeah. Yeah. I think about it all the time because, you know, I want, I don't necessarily think about things being fun, honestly, okay. because I mean, I'm happy if they're enjoying it, but I'm more trying to think about like, what's the most pertinent information, Yeah. like what is going to help them understand and be able to do this, do the work, right? Because like, there's going to always going to be a range of students. Some of them will have, you know, less experience than others. Some of them will have a lot of experience and have practiced a lot. And I think, it, you know, I think we see that with artists, like if they get praise young, they're going to tend to draw a lot. Right. Yep. And so those people tend to just have more experience or just be more open in their head. Yeah. And, and so, and then the people who are, who have less experience are like, un, can be uncomfortable and, and more tight in their thinking and yes. so that gets in the way as well. So it's hard. And so I try to make my, my teaching, you know, accessible to everyone and, and just try to meet everyone where they are and also give them all like a, like a, so that they're all at the same level to oh, some extent so that we can talk about work and so that they learn how to talk about their work in a, in an intelligent way. And so that they can help each other too. Like it's really important that they can give each other actionable feedback and, and kind 
feedback. Yes, you know? like kind feedback. Nev- def- never want to have one of those critiques where people feel like they're getting torn apart. Or, you know, like, that's just not, that's not the vibe I'm going for. Yeah. Yes. Like, be a bunch of artists on this show who went to schools that were rigorous. You know, yeah. RCC, the photography school there, yeah. and then SCAD, Full Cell. You know, yeah. even UNCG has a very rigorous art program. Oh, yeah. that oh, people yeah. Are saying, UNCG's like, excellent. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, it's very... Um, it's, it's, it's good critiques, but some of them can feel intense, obviously, depending on, you know, how you take it. Um, exactly. But critiques yeah. are important. You know, for they a are. while, I was, when I first started this show, and this was 2017, I was just like, no, I hate critiques. I don't think that makes sense. Why, blah, blah, blah. But after talking to a bunch of artists, critiques have made so much more sense to me of why they exist. Oh, yeah. Because to me, I was just like, art is, I made this thing out of, you know, my imagination. It got the point across what I was trying to do. Why are you critiquing my work? You know what I'm saying? I did. It's doing what it's supposed to do. But I love critiques now because I usually ask from friends who I admire, like, to look over my work and, you know, give me honest feedback because it just, it can change the way you view things, view your own work and enhance your own skills, you know, and make you think differently outside the box. So, I mean, the whole point of critique is to make the work stronger. Exactly. Next time, you you know, whether you're finished with the piece and it's going to be the next piece that's going to be stronger. Yes. Or if you're still working on that piece, you know, like how to make it better. Yeah, yeah. That's so what it, that's what the critique is about. Right, and I think with you, with you have that professor, no, that guest artist that came in and said, "What are you doing?" You know, <laughs> and, it, it wasn't his, in, in like. Such okay, a nice it was like, yeah, it wasn't okay. Right, it was very upsetting actually. <laughs> at that point it in took time, a while to get over that one. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I felt at first. I was like, I'm not getting a critique. Did someone tear me down on my work? I know what I'm doing, you know. But after looking back, it's like, okay, I'm very grateful that that happens. For sure. You know what? I hadn't looked at that way, and you're right. Like, I am, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that I'm grateful that it happened in that way, but you're right. Like, it, it was a turning point. Yes, um, it was but, a turning point. And, you point. know, and in all fairness, for a visiting artist, it is so hard to go and meet with young artists, yep. go in their studios, give them feedback that's actually going to be relevant without knowing their work or knowing yeah. them and having to do it, you know, for a day with like 10 different artists. That's hard. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, that's it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. So knowing that and, you know, having that experience, how are you critiquing your students with, with your methods? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so mainly I'm trying to get them to critique each other's work. Okay. The, the big thing is I'm trying to get them to talk about the work. Mm. And so it's, uh, you know, with some classes, it's easier than others. Yeah. Like sometimes it is a vibe, you know, like some classes are just really comfortable with each other and comfortable talking some classes are not um and so it it yeah it depends on the energy in the class but you know if it's going well i can usually just ask one question and then they can just start talking and then if need need be i can like steer the conversation to keep it you know relevant and helpful um but otherwise i try to ask questions more than give feedback at this point um i love that and i definitely avoid telling people like what they should do because there's a million different ways um and i don't want to put like my agenda or the way i would do something on on their work you know like so yeah so i try try to get the students to to feel empowered to give each other feedback that's going to help so a lot of it also is explaining critique to them and how to how to do it effectively that's amazing it's almost like you're a little therapist i'm not telling you what to do but just, just look into ourselves and see yeah. what we can bring out of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Wow, that's amazing. And obviously, you're doing that, plus you're doing your own work still. Yeah. So you got commissions going on yep. and doing your. So how are you handling commissions? Are you uh, is that pretty intense right now? Uh, yeah, just you know, the teaching and everything else that you have to do, you know, as a teacher is 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 full on. Yeah. Uh, but I really like it because it feels like the right fit. You know, everything is different when you feel like you're in the right place. So it's good, but yeah, I have to f- I have to fit in my art practice, and I do have a commission that I'm currently working on. Wow! Um, that someone reached out to me a few weeks ago, so I've been working on that, trying to finish that by the end of the month. Ooh wee! Um, but yeah, so I generally work a couple hours a day during the week. Um, yeah, generally in the morning. Yeah. Oh, morning's so, the best time. It is. Yeah, all the morning. <laughs> yeah, so, so you've had gallery shows. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's very important to your journey. So where have you, have you any shows recently? Where have I showed recently? 
I feel very fuzzy about everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right now. a lot has happened. Yeah, a lot has happened. So I think if I remember right, my last show. Sorry, I think I was sitting too yeah, far back from the mic. I think my last show was in Raleigh at the start of this year, oh, if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Um, at a new gallery called Charlotte Russell Contemporary. Nice. So it was a two-person show there. And then at the end of last year, I had a solo show at High Point University at the Seacrest Gallery. High Point and that was like my big, biggest show, like kind of my most big deal <laughs> show oh, to date. yeah. Um, that's amazing yeah so but i mean i've shown it at a lot of different places over the years yeah 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 so. i can only imagine with what you've i mean throughout our college your you know your your graduate programs and all they probably showed all over the place <laughs> yeah that's phenomenal and high point university that's amazing i grew up at high point so i thought so yeah, yeah. i did that in one of your podcasts yeah i grew up at high point yeah. so knowing that happened there is pretty cool <laughs> uh, it's super cool because that gallery is uh massive and really beautiful oh. and and i was they trusted me to to fill it with fill my work. space <laughs> yeah and so and i got to do one of my installation pieces that's also like one of my um one of the pieces i'm most proud of so yeah. i got to do that again with a group of interns so we got to assemble that over the course of a week oh wow and then i made a site-specific um painting installation which was the first time i did that and it was it was cool. It oh was my gosh! Very yes. happy with it, and so then my other paintings, you know. Oh, in that space, mm -hmm. how big was the space? You remember? Oh, it's huge. So okay. the the painting installation, it's a it's a group of sixty three paintings of clouds oh, that I made. Oh my god! The uh, the wall that it was on was nineteen feet tall and seventeen <sighs> feet wide, so it filled the wall. Oh my god! Um, and I made it to accompany Paper Mountain, which is my um. <laughs> It's a mountain of folded origami birds, like really big, like a foot, cubic foot or so birds that I had folded. Wow. Uh, the first time I exhibited that paper mountain was at Elder Gallery of Contemporary Art in Charlotte oh a few years God. ago. Um, and so I did it again and I was able to build it differently because it's a different space. Yeah. It's a taller space. I think it's like 21 or 22 feet tall. So, you know, I have to work like in a scissor lift and which is Jeez, scary because I'm afraid of heights. So the yeah. first oh, time is like, it does not feel good when I have to be up there tying lines. But yeah, basically it's this mountain of paper birds that people, I made it so that people could stand under it and in it this time. Because every, the first time I set it up, people, everyone was asking if they could go inside it or go under it, which they would have destroyed it. Yeah, it's it like do kind not of precarious. Yeah, so <laughs> I, so I thought I have to do something. So I made an undercut so people could could stand under it. Okay. And then I made a like a little alcove so people could be in it. Oh um, yeah. And so yeah, I was really happy with it, and, and it's nice oh to have a, a team of interns. Oh you know, yeah. Like it's. Absolutely. I think it was like two hundred and fifty or two hundred and sixty man hours to get that thing up. Oh <laughs> this <is serious>. my. <laughs> God, <laughs> so much work. <laughs> Every thing about it now, you're just like, that was a long, that was a long, long, long process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's worth it though. Like, it feels really good to have it up and see, like, the way people experience it. Yeah, it feels really good. That's phenomenal. And you know, it goes. I mean, what's something you say on your site that I love? Is that your work is inspired by the poetry of nature, um, color and light in the landscape, seasons, and passing of time. I love that so much. Oh, good. Yeah, Thanks. when I read that, did you write that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when yeah I, I've written everything on my on, my on your it was, it was a press yeah. kit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, read that. I was like, and then I read that and really looked at your work again, and I was just like, wow, that was worded pretty perfectly. So. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so glad. No, glad it translated. It translated very well. Oh, yeah, I thought sweet. that was very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. So your your work definitely exemplifies that. And uh, what a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. Yeah, and I'm hoping that the recent work like fits in with that. I don't know yet. You know, there's out. still an element of the landscape in, in some of them. Um, but yeah, I want to figure it out. I don't want it, the work to feel like it was made by an entirely different person. Person, yeah. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, I'm figuring things out. feels natural for you to kind of grow and enhance and change, you know, right. as far as artists. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, you keep evolving. I hope so. Yeah. That's, <laughs> as an artist, you want to keep evolving. Yeah. So that's kind of that's the goal. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica, this is phenomenal. So UNCSA. Yes. You're there, and um, hopefully you continue on there. I hope so, you know, yes. Yeah, we're going to cross all our, all our limbs. Um, it's going to be amazing. Um, but in the future, do you want to travel around some more, see more of the world? Or what's the what's the future hold for you? I never want to move again. Okay, yeah, <laughs> not move, but like. <laughs> I, like I have moved so much in my life. Um, you have, you have. And 
I do want to travel for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, y- yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, it's, it's a tough question because I don't know where I want to go other True. than going back to France to see my family oh, a lot. Oh yes, of course. But you know, there are places in Italy that I want to go back to like yeah. with my husband and my son to show them, you know, they're, I'm, I've been obsessed with the Dolomites in the Italian <laughs> Alps for a long time and yeah. I would love to take them there so we could hike there and Oh man. You know, and then there's places I've never been to that I would love to of course. Love to go to. Yes, yes. All right, Jessica in, in, in Italy. <laughs> what about you? Do you have any trips planned this year? Let's see. So I think I'm going to Mexico next week. You are? Yeah, I'll be in Mexico for a week for Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. gonna be cool. Yeah, my friend, my, my friend Mike. We're going this week of Halloween too, so it's gonna be pretty crazy. Um, next Wednesday, I'll be there for a little bit, and then I think I'm going out west for a little bit after Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's kind of up in the air. Um, I think that's it for. I think I'm chilling. That's I've cool. been over the past couple of years. I've just been all over the place, so I'm I'm sticking around. <laughs> yeah, I know we have nothing planned for the end of the year. I think we'll probably go back to Europe next summer. Yeah. Like right after my son finishes school, but yeah, my sister's yeah. in Georgia. So I'll probably go visit her in Atlanta. Nice. So, but other than that, and she might come here for Thanksgiving and Christmas. So we'll see how that works. But I just want to just focus on the people here right on. For, the, for, the, for the end of the year. Next year, who, who knows? Right. Yeah. But right now, usually, usually my winter fall season, I want to kind of chill, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. <laughs> you know, and work on this stuff here, but we'll see what happens. I'm up, I'm up for whatever I'm, you know, I'm freelance now, so I can yeah. kind of jump around if I need to. But I mean, I do have a bunch of like people want me to do photos in different places around this you know, the state and stuff like that. So nice. we'll see what happens. Oh, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. My friend, well, this is it. This is the end of the road for now. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate this. this. You know, I appreciate my morning, my morning people. And not a lot of people <laughs> like doing it in the morning. Saying, of course, you were young ho, so that worked for me. Um, but I appreciate your time so much. And people listening, I can't ask Jessica everything. That journey is so vast. So if you have any questions, I'm sure Jessica will be able to answer them yeah. via email or Instagram. Sure. Actually, I want to ask you one more thing. Yes. Since you were, you know, you said you were um, born in the 80s, right? Yep. 1980. In 1980. In 1980, <laughs> yes. And um, obviously you dabbled in the because you went to college what year? Undergrad. 1998 to 2002. I always like to get people's in- insight on, or their opinion on social media and marketing now. So obviously back then... You don't have Instagram. You don't none have of stuff. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> how how what's your feelings on these different platforms that we have accessible to us right now? I mean, I think it's great that no. there are so many platforms now. You know, when I think of, I mean, the internet has opened up so much. You know, like I built my yeah. first website uh, in my last year of college. I started. Oh, that's when I started nice. doing that. You know, for myself. I remember it was on GeoCities. Yes, <laughs> it looked really bad. Remember GeoCities? Um, but yeah, so that's how I built my first site. Um, and that was in like 2001. And yeah. so I've gone through like all the different technologies for, you know, building websites. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like we didn't even have, oh no, we did have cell phones. We had cell phones. Um, but it was like T9 texting. <laughs> yes. You weren't really having um, long yeah. conversations via yeah, text. No, no, definitely not. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword. Social yeah. media is, you know, great in some ways. It's, but also challenging I, I i for all the reasons that everyone talks about exactly you know like i i think part of what bothers me at this point is feeling like i'm being toyed with Ooh. or that i have to like play into this game for things to work that's what it feels like and i don't like that yeah i don't i don't like that the, that i'm not setting rules for right. that and i i get it of course like we're humans we have to work within rules that are established for us for a lot of things but these rules are constantly changing in a way mm. that's arbitrary and in a way that's just for like meta to make money exactly and so it doesn't feel good yeah and sometimes i mean for me over the years i used to love instagram I, it's cool for what it is i find a lot of artists on instagram and yeah. i usually try not to dwell too much and too much scrolling sure if i find someone i'm very inspired by I hit them up directly you yeah. know um it's great to see all of it it can feel overwhelming and yeah. a lot of people are very discouraged by it. They feel like they're not good enough for right. seeing someone. So it's definitely double-edged sword for, for sure. I also love talking to people who were kind of around before those times. Cause they, I think they see the world a little differently. So you can navigate it without that, even though it's a cool tool, but you know, I'm glad still... I was around it before. Ex- because I probably yes. would feel like not enough if, yeah. if I had always come up with that. And yep. 
I think that's one of the trickiest parts about being a young artist now is if you're constantly exposed to other artists on Instagram, you know, most people aren't showing you the work or yes. the really shitty times that they're going through yes. to, in order to get to the good stuff. And yeah. so I, a lot of young artists have a really unrealistic view of what kind of work is needed to, to get to the point where you have skills. Yeah. And so, and I find that with my students, you know, I really have to talk about things and explain things in a way that to try to normalize feeling like yep. you're not good yeah. and feel like, and also normalize failing because that's a part of the process yes. that a lot of people don't see and yeah. are afraid of. Um, and so, and then there's all the obvious things that, you know, like anxiety that social media can, can be a cause for, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. God distance your way so, from it when yeah. you can, you know, yeah. Definitely... But it, I, yeah, I hate to end on like such a downer of a note because like, right. it's, it's good too. You yeah, know? It's, like, it's very it's good. Yeah. Good to be able yeah. to meet other people and, stay in touch with people that you maybe normally wouldn't. Yeah. And meet new people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. I think it's, you got to use it wisely in a way that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So not a downer, more of a, it can go either way. Real. We're just keeping it real. <laughs> We're keeping, keeping it real as artists, you know, artists to artists to artists listening. Um, but no, thank you so much. Like I said, hit Jessica up. Insane work. Um, I did a whole press kit and I was just like, all the news things you've been in, and same journal, and all that, and I was just like, "This is crazy." So, <laughs> go to Jessica Singerman's website. I'll link all of it in the um, in the description, of course. But thank you for your time. This is thank amazing. You. Very honored to be in your space. Oh, stop! Thank yes. you. Thank you for coming. Of course, we'll take some photos in here, of course, for you to have <laughs> and for me to have. And uh, this is a great journey, a great spot on the journey of free pizza. So, thank you. Thank you. Yes, and we're out of here, my friends. Later. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.